Hello, happy St. Patrick's Day. Got a big show for you, we think. This is a fun show today. Fun show today, as it should be on this glorious holiday. If you like this show, by the end of it, please be a friend and tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it. Not only is it St. Patrick's Day, which I will get to in a moment. Obviously, my name is Patrick. I'm going to love St. Patrick's Day, especially with what you've already learned about my life and how I've lived it. You'd assume that St. Patrick's Day is a big day. It is. So we will talk about that momentarily. But right now, we have to remind you that a new league year begins today. Free agency frenzy began just two days ago when the legal tampering period began. And there has already been hundreds. of millions of dollars in guarantees for players. There's already been a lot of players cut, and today all the teams kind of have to get under the salary cap. There's still like five teams or four teams over the salary cap. Look for some things to happen throughout the day to put teams into better position so that they can play next year under the limit of the cash they're allowed to spend, which is what makes the NFL so damn good. The parody, the salary cap, blah, blah, blah. Uncle COVID came through and did some damage. And I have on good authority. Okay. Can we put the list up, please, of the teams that are still over the salary cap? Because this is a big deal going into the league year. As of this morning, Albert Breer is reporting, NFL Management Council records showed just three teams left over the salary cap. The Saints, $12.72 million over. The Chiefs, $5.41 million over. And the Bears, $2.42 million over. Shout out to Albert Breer for that reporting. The Saints, I assume they're going to have to rework and do some shit today to get under that number by 4 o'clock, I believe. Bears, $2.42 million over. They just brought in their stud, Andy Dalton, to be their quarterback quarterback there's a lot of stories popping off about how the russell wilson bears trade almost happened we'll talk about that today at some point as well but what we have to do is address this middle one chiefs 5.41 million dollars over the salary cap Mm. our sources have told us okay that although a couple days ago when it was reported that patrick mahomes chris stone cold jones and Travis Kelsey were reworking their contract to free up some money in the salary cap and take things as a signing bonus as opposed to a roster bonus. And it's a, you know, a salary cap trick that has been happening all around the NFL right now. We asked Travis Kelsey about it. He said, oh, that's news to me. But he also did not know about the four-year $140 million deal to Taysom Hill. So then it was reported that Travis Kelsey is actually not reworking his contract. That was two days ago. Here we are. League year begin day, St. Patrick's Day, Chiefs $5.41 million over the cap. Look for that to get changed very quickly because our sources are telling us that as of yesterday, Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs are working on making him a hero, a teammate of the year nominee, a guy who said, listen, I don't care how the money comes or where the money comes. I want to make sure our team is set up to succeed. Our sources are telling us that Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs are currently reworking their contract to free up some salary cap space, which means the Chiefs are going to be under there because this guy right here, Travis Kelsey. Wow. What a guy. What a guy. Wow.
I believe this makes him a Walter Payton Man of the Year finalist already, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. I assume with all the great work he does in Ohio and in Kansas City, that'll only help. Travis Kelsey, not only a guy who breaks a bunch of records on the field, here he is being an incredible human on St. Patrick's Day, reworking his contract, saying, hey, listen, don't worry about the money. I just want to play football so that the Chiefs can get below the cap. I assume that's the move that they are going to make. And it was reported a couple of days ago, maybe the Chiefs were telling reporters, like, oh, this is what our plan is. Mm-hmm. We saw Travis. He woke up immediately after, uh, I mean, maybe a minute before coming on our show. We told him about this mm-hmm. news. He said, I have not heard that. <laughs> <laughs> so that that guy's a hero who chugs beers, wears title belts, catches balls. He's the go-to man on third down, red zone, you name it. Uh, although they did win a Super Bowl, they've been to back-to-back Super Bowls. And Travis Kelsey said, listen, I just want this team to be good, according to our sources. Yep. Shout out to Travis Kelsey. Wow. Wow. What, a guy. what a guy. What a guy. So the, the beginning reports were accurate, I guess. Yeah. But at the time when they were reported... Yeah, are we results driven or are we process driven? You exactly. know what I mean. Don't want to jump. That's not gone. Yes. Anyways, our sources are saying that. Anyways, March seventeenth, St. Patrick's Day. Let's talk about it, shall we? Uh, At Tone Diggs is here. Boston Connors here. Ty Schmidt's here. Gumpy's here. The boys are back there. We sh- shout out to everybody listening and watching wherever you may be. And I don't know if you began this particular St. Patrick's Day with kegs and eggs, but if you did, Slancha, I hope you're having a great. You know, probably pretty dr- blacked out drunk moment right now while you're listening to the show. 12.07 on St. Patrick's Day or St. Patrick's Day celebrations, which happen during the weekend because normally St. Patrick's Day falls during a week. You know, that's the way our calendar works. And we can talk about if we believe in a seven-day week and how accurate that is with the sun and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Hey, but I don't want to get in that conversation. You get it. St. Patrick's Day is not always on a weekend. But when you think about St. Patrick's Day, I hope everybody thinks to themselves, although the world kicks us in the taint sometimes, St. Patrick's Day is literally a reminder reminder to tell you, hey, go have a great fucking time out there. Do what you got to do. And I understand a lot of people attack Americans and in particular Irish people that live in America or or have their ancestors from Ireland, how we have taken advantage of St. Patrick's Day and turned it into something that's not. I have done St. Patrick's Day in Ireland. I'll tell you what, the blackout was damn near the the same effort over there. And they did it the night before going into the morning and then there was a parade and everything like that. But America, you know, we do what we do to things. And I like the fact that the Irish, you know, my name's Patrick McAfee. And although McAfee is of Scottish descent, we got kicked out of that country. I learned through, you know, spitting into a tube and this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then we got moved into Ireland. I'm an, I'm an Irish guy, obviously. And I like the fact that our day is associated with having a great time. I like the fact that whenever you think of the Irish, you think, okay, they like to have a reckless, ridiculous, good time. I like that fact a lot. And I like the fact that on St. Patrick's Day, you know, it just feels as if everybody comes, it's a, it's a, it's a come together holiday. Not everyone's like that. It's a come together holiday. I told you I got a chance to experience St. Patrick's Day in Ireland. I did. I've gotten a chance to experience St. Patrick's Day in Morgantown, West Virginia, Indianapolis, Indiana, Chicago. Now I don't know the area as well. So I was up there with some friends. I've done it down in Georgia. I've done it everywhere. Nobody does St. Patrick's Day like Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, So maybe because I'm from Pittsburgh, because I'm an Irish from Pittsburgh, and because St. Patrick's Day is something that I used to look forward to 364 days a year, Tim McAfee, a man who used to grind and work his ass into the ground, would actually have a holiday and take off work on St. Patrick's Day. The St. Patrick's Day holiday in the McAfee family is very large. And I want to let you know, although I am not 
you know, and my dad wasn't doing any keg stands this morning, mm -hmm. and we didn't wake up with kegs and eggs. A couple of years wow. ago, my dad walked into a beer pong table at 7.30 a.m., and an Italian <laughs> comes down and blows a blunt right in his face, Jeez. and Tim McAfee then knocks down a beer cup. It's like St. Patrick's Day is a big day for our family, and I want to let you know there's a lot of haters on St. Patrick's Day. A lot of Irish people are like, this isn't what it's about. You can't hate on the fact that we are associated with a good fucking time. So happy St. Patrick's Day. Life isn't always fantastic today. I hope you have a chance to enjoy yourself. Wear some green, chug some beers, smoke some green, do whatever you got to do, and then ship back up to Boston. I listened to that yeah. this morning. Oh, my God. I listened to that seven times this morning. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, it's a little bit different now with old Uncle COVID coming through. Mm. You know, St. Patrick's Day isn't what it used to be. In Pittsburgh, for instance, the reason why I say nobody does like Pittsburgh, there's a strip of bars. How many bars are in there? Uh, 80 plus. Like. 80 plus bars in one strip. And it's when the Italians come down, you know? Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, big Irish Italian city. Like, yeah. That's what it is, okay? Polish sneak in there. Uh, there's, there's, there's some Latino culture, African Americans, in there, but it's mostly Italian and Irish. That is what Pittsburgh is. And you know, for a long time, the Irish have just been so much better than the Italians at basically everything. Oh, they ca are. can cause a little bit of a skirmish. St. Patrick's Day, the Italian community is even like, hey, our drunk rivals have their day. Let's fucking go and do this thing. Yeah. And it just becomes the entire city is shut down in Pittsburgh. It used to be. Now, I assume it's not like that anymore. It can't be. The entire city was drunk. And I, I, I used to hate when people would be like, that's not what St. Patrick's Day. I was like, it should be then. Like, if that... The entire city right now of Pittsburgh is all drunk together, basically. You got cops walking past kids doing keg stands out of the trunk of a car at 7 a.m. Oh. and being like, hey, mm -hmm. lift his feet up a little bit. <laughs> like, it, it is just, uh, it's a beautiful thing. Connor, very Irish guy. This morning, as soon as I said Pittsburgh is the best St. Patrick's Day place, you said, oh, Boston, hey. Because right. a lot of Irish in Boston. A lot of Irish oh, in Boston. Yeah. But I do believe the way Pittsburgh is set up it's much more for a citywide drunk fest mm -hmm. with that 80-some bars. I think it was a Guinness World Record for the most amount of bars per oh, capita yeah. of space or anything like that. It's, and it's a lot of Irish people, obviously. It's built for everybody to have a great time starting, you know, 6, 7 a.m. if mm -hmm. you really want to and go all day. But I do like the fact that Boston holds it down up there. Of course, South Boston, unbelievable place for a parade and drinking. And like you said, St. Patrick's Day is like the Thanksgiving of drinking. You know, everyone's happy. Everyone's yeah. giving thanks. But at the same time, everyone's boozed up. So it's even, you know, it's even more like, hey, come on. How about the, I mean, how many? Oh, yeah. Two Car many. bombs. Mm -hmm. Oh, which is such a social drinking thing. Yes. Like, hey, everybody, ah, because you got a beer too. You got a beer to sing along with. Oh, yeah. And you got a shot glass to, to cheers with. I mean, it's the best. It's the fucking best. I'm like, really, I don't drink that much anymore. But St. Patrick's Day is like a, hey, March 17th, like you got to put the old fucking boots on, pal. Like it's, it's, your, it's your heritage. Yeah. yeah. It's your name. Yeah. A lot of history there. <laughs> and then St. Patrick's Day is past. You have had some great days. Yeah. Let's not stop that. I mean, if you're a, if you're a streak shooter, which St. Patrick's Day, I've been hot for you know, a long, long time. <laughs> a couple I, years. I, I have batted 1,000 yeah. now since like 2000, maybe nine. Maybe even earlier than that, probably in college I did. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you got you to gotta unretire the chug on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. Day. You know, mm -hmm. like you got to do. Those are what happened. 
today can't happen. This past weekend, I guess a drunk, bunch of drunk whites were out and about. I did yeah. not know that was happening. I'd not get a heads up. Happy I wasn't there because there was a blonde knocking out everybody down there. Would not have wanted to eat a right from her. But aside from the drunk skirmishes that do come with St. Patrick's Day, I feel like it's a rather joyful event. Oh, yeah. And I like that we're associated with, although every single year, anytime I talk about it, that's not what it is. It's like, well, why not then? Why is it not that? Exactly. Why, why, is, it, why is it not that? should be. It's universal. You know, it's it not like Christmas or like Easter or anything like that. Like everyone, I mean, you might not like what the reasons were, but everyone's coming together around St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. It doesn't matter what, you know, creed you are, what race you are, what religion. Nope. I mean, like literally everyone will go to a, a St. Patrick's Day battle. I had a homeless man uh, spend an entire day of St. Patrick's Day with me because uh, Nick's shaking his head back there. Uh-oh. Homeless man replaced Nick. Oh, oh no. What a generous philanthropic human you are. <laughs> uh, let me take this bum off the streets. <laughs> give him a hundred bucks, stuff it in his pockets, and parade him around. Parade him around. <laughs> belly we with shots this, and liquor. We gave this guy a sweet jacket because he, okay. uh, he was up with us. We were up very early, you know, and he was walking around. And I was like, what's going on, man? Which is something I would always do, no matter who it is. Like, what's going on, man? Yeah. And he was like, just trying to figure it out. And I'm like, what are you trying to figure out? He's like, where you guys are going? I'm like, well, let's fucking go. And he was like, uh, all right. And I was like, we're going to have to give this guy a jacket. Nick, give him your jacket. No, Nick, <laughs> Nick wasn't there. Somebody else did, actually. Nice. Somebody else gave him a jacket. Nick didn't even know we picked up this guy. There was a potential mixed message sent to the group that they were to get in the cab or we were going to go somewhere. Oh. Sure. And Nick got into a cab. Nick. With Signals crossed. Yeah. Slight yeah. miscommunication. I get put into the cab, Pat, with a good pat on the back and then a bam, bangs the top of the cab. <laughs> See you later. Sends me down, That's down the river. That's not what happened. I went to go meet Diggs that, down the river. That is not we what We do happened. meet up in Station Scare. Eventually found our way back. I see I've been replaced by this homeless bum. <laughs> no. So that's not how, that, that's not exactly how it homeless went. Homeless man, Nick. Nick was in a large group. Nick was in a large group. Yeah. And I knew what was about to happen. And I didn't know necessarily that Nick was not going to leave with us, but it was like, hey, I feel like we got to split from this because I don't know all these people either. I, you know, yeah. I don't know all these people. We got to split and then meet up later. I thought Nick was with us when we picked up the bum. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I thought Nick was with Nick comes jumping out with that group like ha- like, you know, like St. Patrick's Day having a good time hey. and he's getting in the cab and I didn't tap him on the head and say I almost was like. Oh, smell you later. Uh, <laughs> well, but if but if I say that to Nick, then what happens? Then it becomes like an entire. Uh, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. No, so knows. yeah, it was a that bum though had a great day. Man. I yeah, he, did. he did, and he made his way all the way to. He met Nick later. Is that the guy who you said, "Hey, I don't want to see you here next week"? Because you gave him no, that no, 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 no. Different guy. That was a different guy. That was a different guy. Not the guy Haddlebags killed either. Uh, no, that's guy. a completely different guy. Okay, okay. Completely different guy. Yeah, the guy, the the I don't want to see you here next week thing, <laughs> that guy was awesome. He's probably still there, by the way. Yeah. Two things Pittsburgh does really well, St. Patty's Day celebration and bums. Yeah. The bums, by the way, they're not just like the, the oh, they, they look like they're down and out bums. Like they're like, no, they're, they're blue collar yeah. bums. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, yeah, listen, we, you can give me some, I'd like some. Like that guy's like, where are we going? You know, like mm-hmm. there's no homeless guy that has any energy to go like, no. hey, where are we going? That guy's like, where are we going? You're like, you're right. Where are, let's go. It's a, by the way, lead the way. St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's what St. Patrick's Day is. And what we're trying to say here, <laughs> although Nick got cast down the road to mm. somewhere else for a couple mm-hmm. hours, by the way, we met up with Nick probably around 11 a.m. But oh. by that point, I mean, there a lot had happened was Full days worth. Yeah, you see. So what we're saying is St. Patrick's Day brings people together. Here's the church. Here's Steeple. Okay. You look inside St. Patrick's Day? 
There's all the people. Wow. Having a good time. Mm-hmm. Having a good time. A homeless guy's still telling that story, yeah. too. Well, I don't know Inside how he's doing. He was able to... He was able to drink a lot. I mean, oh, okay. I feel like he was he was almost running laps around us at one point. Jeez. Was, yeah. Yeah, he had a great day. That, that. was a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, he, he had a great he did have a, yeah. he had a great St. Patrick's Day. I think he would talk about St. Patrick's Day in a positive light, yeah, which is good absolutely. news. I hope so. And I, by the way, I think he potentially probably already has a million dollars with his work ethic. Same with that other guy. Probably For running sure. a Fortune 500 company now. I'd assume. I mean, that's why you know DoorDash. You know, potentially. He's, he's definitely dead, by the way. What? Oh, oh, no. Dude. That was seven years ago. Nick. It's been some cold, harsh winters. <laughs> that guy, that guy moves south. That guy moves south. All right. Uh, about the party in Georgia. Don't need to hear it. Yeah, I heard about down in Georgia, which, okay. by the way, everybody talks about Georgia. Is, uh, I forget what Savannah. city. Savannah. They say it's very nice. I was not in Savannah. So I very clearly said I did St. Patrick's Day in Georgia, and the people of Savannah were like, not Savannah. You're like, you're right. I did in Atlanta, actually. <laughs> but I have heard that Savannah is a fantastic party. I just don't know. It's probably a much different vibe than the Pittsburgh one, yeah. if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. And I, I will attempt to get there at some point because it's a blast. Zito also told me that the Chicago one is a great oh, time. Yeah. I, I potentially didn't go to the – because, you know, if you don't know where to go, yeah. you're like – 10 a.m., 11 and 8. If you don't know where to go, sometimes it could be a little bit difficult. So I might have had a misread on Chicago, but I do know that if you're going to do St. Patrick's Day, you go to Pittsburgh, just gas pedal. That is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That is that is the St. Patrick's Day you can expect out of the Pittsburgh uh, Irish party community. I'm not sure everywhere else is the exact same. Now we move on. Gumpy, did you guys hate the Irish or did you do St. Patrick's Day in Canada? We did St. Patrick's Day. Green beer is the best. Oh, all day long. Yeah. It's a day off. There's always a day off. You the, can't you don't work on St. Patrick's Day. The green beer too, yeah. by the way. Pictures of green beer, just like we said. Oh man. We should go do that, huh? I mean we actually have maybe a, one, just we, a pint. You we know? have a very good pub back home called Irish Times. And it pops off on St. Pat. It's electric. Hey, come into this bar. You have some Irish times. What's that mean? Well, when I was in Ireland one time, when I went over there, there was legit. Like, I realized why I came from there. Like, you know, like, first of all, everybody's hands are just the fattest (laughs) things of all. Their hand, every single one of them have these fat ass mitts. I mean, it's just like, okay, you go into a drinking place. As you're walking in, it'll feel like you're in a movie. There's an 85-year-old Irish man just <laughs> rolling, <laughs> rolling down the wall until the exit. And then he just falls out. And everybody's like, ah! <laughs> and you got live music playing in almost every single place. There's somebody singing up in the front, which automatically causes for... That means there's like a wedding singer almost now. Feel. Mm-hmm. It, it is just... It was a great time over there, but... It's, I feel like in a lot of those places, the mindset is like, okay, it's St. Patrick's Day like every day around here. Like, There's a lot of boozing going on down there. So when you go into a bar called Irish Times, it's like, all right, this is what's going to potentially happen. <laughs> you got drunks falling out the door potentially, yep. people mm-hmm. getting after it. There's probably some music if I had to guess. Live music. And that's what's, hey, what we're saying is that's what St. Patrick's Day is all about. Mm-hmm. That's all about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got those sausage fingies because they got to hold up all the beer oh, the dude, whole entire day. It literally <laughs> looked like everybody... And I got some fat hands too, I guess. Oh, yeah. So I, I guess that's a part of it. But it looked like somebody just took a fucking mallet to everybody. <laughs> it made no. I was like, oh my god, these mitts are big. They did not love me over there, by the way. Really? Believe it or not, I was not beloved in Ireland. They, it was actually the complete opposite. Huh. Bullshit. I was called a stupid Yankee whoa, more whoa. times, more times in Ireland than anywhere I've ever been in my entire life. And I was like going into some places, 
And everybody assumes that, you know, I, I go in and just try to cause a scene. No, that's not the case. Now, granted, the way I dress, I do believe if you were to put me into a country, I could tell you immediately upon landing how that country feels about America at the time mm -hmm. because I am the stereotypical American whenever I get dropped. But I didn't think I was being rude. I, I was like, Patrick McAfee, like, I feel like when they check my idea, like, I'm kind of pumped for this, actually. Yeah. You know, because every other country you go to, if you have an American thing, they read your name, they say it, they make like a little, that very broken English, like joke almost, like where you're from, they learn the whole thing, and then you put it away. I go to Ireland, I get them, and they fucking just threw it down, basically. Whoa. And then they went to somebody else, and I was like, oh my God. We don't want a McAfee from America here, fella. Hey, no, you and me are on the same page, okay? I'm here to have a good time. And then all of a sudden, they start playing American music, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, what's going on? Hey, this son hey. of a bitch right here. <laughs> you wouldn't even serve them if they're... That, that was the only place. And I... By the way, I had a lot of respect for it, but Ireland was the... I would say the least friendly place I've ever been. Foxy, you feel the same way? Yeah, I went there in the summer once, and we walked into just a random bar, me and my family, and there's this guy at the bar sitting there, and he gets all, like, kind of pissed off, and we're like, do we do something? Bartender had to come over and say, hey, like, you guys are from America, so some people aren't really happy if you go into certain bars and stuff. That's they, real. They actually had to give us a warning. Also, the fact that, you know, people from Ireland like to booze, 100% facts. Yeah, yeah. It was... That was the only country I ever thought I was going to get my fucking ass beat just for just for being from America. It was yeah. weird. It was all. I mean, it was kind of awesome. I'm like, sure yeah. on St. Patrick's Day, it's throttled up, yeah. too. But I was there for like 10 days. It was like a we, I, I Start to finish. It throughout was... all of Ireland. Yeah, Dublin wasn't like that. Because Dublin, no, you're in Dublin, town. you're basically in just any city. It's mm -hmm. Dublin is yeah. massive. Yep. It is huge. Like, And I assume there's parts of Dublin that are not fantastic or whatever. But when you get into like... You know, I did a whole, like, tour of Ireland, basically. Went into some small towns and stuff. You go into those bars. It's not like, hey, welcome, fella. It's a... Next. Yeah, you can go down to the next pub. <laughs> How do you think you're doing you, here? We don't want that money here. Okay. You've already done enough, pal. The only other place that really happened to me was uh, France. Yeah. I was a fucking teenager. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, that'll happen. It will happen, won't it? I do not yeah. like America. All right, let's move on. That's not what St. Patrick's Day is. That's not no, what it's, it's not. about. That's not what St. Patrick's Day is. Uh-uh. That's Bastille Day. Yeah. That's right. Which sounds like a bit different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We will play Pompeii on that day. Hey, 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 a lot of things have to happen now that we found out Travis Kelsey's renegotiating his contract to free up some cap space. There is two teams that are above the salary cap currently. It is the Saints and it is the Bears. Mm. Now, who knows what has happened with the Bears, but let's dive into that. Yesterday, after ours, mm -hmm. okay, after our show went off air, mm -hmm. the NFL was a little bit rude, just like they were with the Jameis Winston news. Andy Dalton, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys for a year, formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals organization for a long, long time. He is now, all signs are pointing to, the new quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Oh, $10 million around there. There's conflicting reports, whether it's worth 13, 14, 10, who knows? It's in that. It's more money than what Foles is making next year, I believe. So this is saying that Andy Dalton's going to be their starter. And I'll tell you what, we, as a Red Rifle show, Never been on the show. You actually canceled on us a couple of times. Huh. Mm -hmm. you, did, you did cancel, yep. 
More than once. No, That's Zito's right. trying to save him. Yeah, he did cancel once. Yeah. What Zito, oh. Zito, Zito is automatically. He did. Now, it wasn't his fault he canceled. Not, no. He had just signed with the Cowboys literally the day he was supposed to come on the show. Now, we would say as a show, like, hey, right time to have you on the show, Perfect. pal. But he said, well, he didn't want to, you know, piss anybody off or whatever. I do believe he watches. He's probably watching right now. Oh, yeah. So, Andy, I want to let you know, uh, congrats on a Chicago deal. You did fucking kind of. Kill us one day. Yeah. yeah, perfect time for redemption, though. Hey, here we go again. Yeah, we we're back. Well, here I don't we know if the Bears are going to allow a lot of people on this particular show. I, oh, I, of course I, they will. Well, Zito, I understand that your fanhood is big, but normally, if one person on the show says something negative about somebody, it gets back to them. I have buried the Bears pretty pretty harshly. Have I not about? We well, are just judging their character, making them better. No, you're not judging honest. their character. No, by the way. I was no. not talking about their character. It's a complete opposite, actually. Not judging. But anyways, moving on. <laughs> the Andy Dalton situation was a massive letdown to what a lot of the Bears sounded like on the internet yesterday. Yeah. And that's strictly because one day before they signed Andy Dalton to be their starting quarterback, and Andy has won a lot of games. A lot of games. He won in Cincinnati. That organization doesn't even try to win games. Correct. Now, mm-hmm. it might be different now. They're paying people and everything like that. But Cincinnati's not like, hey, we're going all in to try to win this thing ever. That is not what they're doing. Andy Dalton, playoffs, 11-win seasons over <laughs> there. I mean, they had a string of like 10 or more wins mm-hmm. for a certain amount of years. Andy Dalton has had some good football play in places that you would never expect good football play. Everybody remembers him back at TCU. I mean, what an absolute oh, stud, stud Andy Dalton is. But the Bears fans are like, yeah, cool. We hear all that we're supposed to get russell fucking wilson (laughs) yesterday so i guess the story is coming out that ian rapaport reported this morning on good morning football the way the story goes is pace and schneider met in fargo north dakota okay so they went out to north dakota for trey lance's pro day is what you would assume now they started talking they exchanged a couple uh trade requests or ideas inevitably the seahawks slept on it and after dan patrick who is a man who know og in this game knows everything he reported this morning that it was three first rounders one third rounder and two starters were offered over to the seattle seahawks nobody knows what starters they were dan patrick og let's assume his sources are accurate this could be coming from chicago to try to soften the blow of andy dalton but let's assume that this is an accurate report from dan patrick who is legend in this entire sports world three first one third two starters to, uh, to Seattle for Russell Wilson in return to Chicago. So now that we know there was actual steam happening and there was actual conversations happening, being reported by numerous people here, we got to dig a little bit deeper, don't we? That's mm-hmm. right. Okay, so when a picture is posted on the internet, all anybody does is they zoom into the background. Mm. They start looking around about what's going on in the What's going on in the background? It got me in trouble with Andrew Luck. Yeah, <laughs> sure, okay, sure. so that's that's what you got to do in life, though. When you hear this story that Schneider and Pace met up in Fargo, North Dakota, you have to go, oh, why were they in Fargo, North Dakota? Then you got to zoom in a little bit. What, what, what are they hmm. far- Oh, they're they're there for a pro day, obviously. Okay, let's zoom in a little bit more. Who's pro day for? Trey Lance? Oh, yeah. Why Schneider at Trey Lance's pro day? Oh. Hmm. oh. Are the Seattle Seahawks moving on from Russell Wilson, or did they say let's meet at a pro day so it doesn't look as Zoom call as it could be? Maybe, but why are they both there? Mm-hmm. What this means that they're, they were definitely 
in the market potentially for a new quarterback unless mm -hmm. unless Bar North Dakota has some stud that they're looking at. Why is the GM traveling to a pro day when there's only a certain amount of people that are allowed at pro days oh. from each organization? Hmm. If the GM's going, that has to be a pretty important fucking position that they're looking at, I would assume, unless Schneider just goes to all the pro days, which might be happening. They were going there to look at Trey Lance. Is it possible that the Bears made them an offer, they watched Trey Lance's pro day, and they're like, we ain't. I'm 70 years old, Pete Carroll said. We are not doing that whole project. The answer is no the next day. Then it was reported this morning that the Seattle Seahawks have made the decision ultimately that they will not trade Russell Wilson. Then there's a conflicting report coming out that's saying, like, no, it is that is not the end of the – he is potentially still being traded. So if they're going to Trey Lance and they're listening to offers, I assume if another place was to make them an offer, they would listen to it. But is there going to be any offer better than three ones, no. a third, and two starters? I'm not 100% sure. Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll probably going to have to put their swords away. Okay. Mm -hmm. They had to be love at some point, right? Yeah. Because just got married. Huh? Can we go back to wedding night? Oh, yeah. What we're saying is – Let's put our swords away. That's going to have to happen publicly, by the way. Mm -hmm. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are going to have to have a private reconciliation. Yeah. They're going to have to figure out how that whole thing went down. Dan Patrick said, like, uh, Pete and Russ are going to have to say, like, hey, boys, our egos got the best of us. Okay, we started talking. We need each other. Let's start being more. They're going to have to. Then they're going to have to do that publicly. It's going to have to be a whole dog and pony show. Like, that's going to happen where people are just going to ask the questions. And I'm, I'm wondering if we're too far gone for them to make up with how nasty this thing got publicly between yeah. them. It's very interesting what's going on with Seattle because everybody's saying they're not shopping, they're not shopping, and then all of a sudden they're going to Trey Lance's Pro Day, they're accepting requests and doing negotiating with the Bears. It's mm -hmm. like, is that over or is that still a potentially a thing? Because I assume there are still some more teams, especially one down in Miami, Ooh. that are thinking about a quarterback that they could potentially try to get, especially with three picks in the top 40 picks this draft. Well, that's what I, I mean – do you think that pushes other teams to be like, okay, they're they're definitely listening for offers? Like, why wouldn't Miami put together something right now? Their picks are more valuable, and they could send Tua. So, I mean, it's like you. I mean, maybe you're getting a guy in return. Why wouldn't Miami go after him? Why? Other than the it's franchise stinks. Wow, well, that, that, that is also, the one thing yeah. you have to remember. Scotch but let's Unless also that is why they're cutting players to free up money. Well, but you would also be just be able to trade the starter, like Cal Van Noy, potentially yeah. in the what you say, Diggs? Oh, I also just got Jacoby, so they don't need it. Hey, Jacoby, a couple years ago, he got dropped into a position that was completely asinine. Terrible. Terrible. Andrew, he gets picked up a week before the season starts. Whenever Andrews hurt, mm -hmm. doesn't know the offense. He plays. They do not win a lot of games. Everybody's like, "Oh, uh, Jacoby, Jacoby, not good." It's like, no, there was moments in there where a guy who had no idea what the fuck he was doing in an offense played pretty good. Then the next year, Andrews coming back. Eight days before the season, the entire offense, the entire offseason, everything shaped around Andrew Luck's back. He's feeling better than ever. Jacoby Brissett, is your, you're the backup. Then eight days before the season starts, there's actually the video of Jacoby learning about yeah. when when he was going to be the starter of the team. He gets in there. He renegotiates his deal. He plays good football. Yeah. Then he gets hurt. Then he plays not great football after he got hurt. Mm -hmm. And then now Phillip Rivers comes in. Jacoby Brissett, if he's given a fair shake – and I, 
I don't know what's fair in this world anymore, you know, because you see a lot of shit popping off. Guys are getting cut today, uh, allegedly, that are like big time names. Oh, yeah. If they would have been cut 24 hours ago, there's a lot more, 48 hours ago, there's a lot more money available. It's not really fair for there. But if Jacoby gets a fair shake, I think he can be a fucking stud quarterback. Like, I legit, it would have to be the right offensive system. I don't know what Miami will be able to do, but I think he has a chance to be really good. And that, that's just coming from somebody who watched every play he had as a starter with the mindset like, this guy's kind of been fucked over a little bit in this entire thing. Beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead during their Super Bowl year. Like, if Jacoby has a real shot, then he could easily be a 10-win hey, quarter. There was some real, or 11, depending on 17 games. Mm-hmm. So what's me. the new, mm-hmm. you know, because now, yeah, yeah. now yeah. You, have to, you know, that's an interesting thing we're going to have to do. <laughs> there were some throws, though, that Jacoby made, like, out of the back of the end zone that were, like, the Justin Herbert-like throws that were happening this year, where he was throwing to a spot, and his wide receiver wasn't there yet, and it was only for him. You're throwing it. Basically out of bounds, but it's for somebody. There was a couple of throws he made that were like 30-yard. I was like, oh, this guy's a Ropes. fucking player over. Then he talked to him. He's kind of a cool dude. Great athlete. Good hooper, I guess. And he's getting into the golf game. Who knows how mm-hmm, that'll be. Yeah. But I think he has a chance to be good. I'm not saying if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, you should be like pumped. But I think you should be a little bit more optimistic than you probably are. Jacoby's a good player if he gets a chance. I mean, especially if Tua struggles early. I mean, you got to think. That's why they fourth quarter in. Jacoby. Yeah. Here we go. Did you see what Fitzmagic did last year? That's what we need for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need three quarters of chilling, and then we need you to. I mean, he's okay. used to it. He did all I the goal. He did all yeah. the goal line stuff in Indy when Rivers went out. Yeah, he would come in out of nowhere. <laughs> he, he's not like the most mobile guy. He can run, but yeah. it's not like he's a a known burner. Yeah. yeah. And then they were like, he'd come in the game. They're like, oh, here we go. Got got the, a different style quarterback. I'm Wildcat like, package. I'm like, no. <laughs> QB sneak, eight yards, score. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, he was getting the edge yeah. on a couple of times. Yeah. He was getting caught too, but I mean, I like the fact that the Colts were like, hey, we got to get him at least some place. This guy deserves it. And I think if he gets a chance in Miami, I'm not saying he will. Maybe he'll be a backup to tour or whatever, uh, whatever's going to go on down there, but he's a player, man. For the, uh, for the Bears fans who are upset with Andy Dalton, it's not really Andy's fault or is it more of the organization like, hey, you knew you were moving on for Mitch like probably a year ago and you waited all this time and you ended up with Andy. Like, that's not option A, B, or C, probably. Well, le- remember, Deshaun Watson, they were allegedly all in on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was when the Texans were not answering calls. I assume they're answering calls now, by the way. There's some shit going on in Houston. Yeah. Man. That's not usually our... I would like. I, I don't like to... What's going on in Houston right now is very... This will be a case study for time to come about how media is potentially used to do things oh yeah now granted if this happened i hope justice is served mm-hmm. and if not though i would like that story to be just as loud as it's going to be here in the front about these potential he said she said allegations or he said he said allegations that are happening right now i i that's wild in it the immediate conspiracy thought the critic skeptic thought of that situation is like oh they're trying to make him look bad yeah, yeah. timing's interesting oh they're trying to make him look bad right now but we will let the people do their due diligence. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that you could even file a lawsuit on something that is a direct, he's literal, he said, he or she said. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know you could do that. Seems like it's getting a lot of attention. But this could also be potentially a very evil, manipulative way yeah. to dirty bur- pool to bury somebody. You know, Dave Samson. Bingo. <laughs> that is a man who came on this show, he used to be the president of the Marlins, mm-hmm. yes. and basically said like, oh yeah, we'll fucking, we'll just make things up about people to make them look terrible so the fans don't feel bad when we trade them or cut them. It's like, what, what, why'd you say? And then he said, can't we all get along? It's like, 
No, no, we can't because of what you. Oh, I did not create that. That's what he said. Well, you are a scumbag. You're no. doing it. I guess that's business, but it's disgusting. Today, there are moves being made, people being paid, people being cut still, salary cap gymnastics. Joining us is a man who's the head coach of a team in Nashville, Tennessee, in which I wear their merch literally every weekend. Mm -hmm. They sent us, they got Jordan merch, by the way. What? Yeah, they got Jordan. And I believe they won a lot of games. I'm not sure if they won them all, so I don't want to declare him something he's not. Formerly of ESPN and obviously Super Bowl champion in the NFL, ladies and gentlemen, Trent Dilfer. What's up, guys? Hey, sorry about the other day. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you buried our show, Trent. Buried the show. No, no worries. I had to take a last-second free agent uh, trip when I saw this backup money being thrown around. Jump on a plane and go negotiate. Hey, I still got it. I'm coaching now, too. I got a different view on this whole thing. I can still sling it. Um, How do you – now, that led to a question – that I'm not saying you have to tell us where you're going, but is Lipscomb Academy a place where you do recruit? Do you, is that a recruit? Do you recruit people to go to Lipscomb Academy? No, nah, we can't recruit. We try to make our place really attractive, and a lot of people around Middle Tennessee are uh, curious about the education and the football opportunities, but we can't go recruit. But when they get there, you can make them say, look, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, when they when they get on campus and, and they are looking for a place to go to high school, we try to make it really attractive for them to come to our place. Hey, you ever heard of this guy? He kicked in the NFL for 45 years. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, one co- he's one of the coaches. He's one of the coaches. He's got – he's – yeah, he's – we got a pretty good little squad here. I know you're probably going to go to some other places. Just know that <laughs> when you walk out of this building, you're probably not going to see another one that's better. That's good for you. I'm happy you got in the coaching game. You said that it was your calling. Uh, can we talk about your your Super Bowl championship run you had as a quarterback right now with free agency beginning? Did you ever experience free agency? Did you? What was your like? Uh, what was your business dealings like throughout your career? Not as glamorous as going on right now. Uh, I was a free agent after 99 in Tampa, ended up signing with Baltimore. Again, a free agent after that season, signed with Seattle. Uh, But not like these guys are going through it. It's an incredible experience. I'm glad for the players. I think what it's done uh, to reward them with generational-type wealth, if they play well, is, is an awesome opportunity for athletes. I think it allows teams to get back in the mix pretty quick. You know, if you have some cap room, I look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, you know, haven't played real well the last couple of years under new leadership, and they're able to go spend some money. They have a lot of cap freedom. And they can get good players and also have a lot of draft capital. So I think you can turn your organization around rather quickly uh, because of free agency if you partner it well with your draft capital. How about Bill Belichick doing what he's doing, man? This yeah. is They're saying he's not done either. That team went from very average last year to potentially every skill position is new. And the old adage is you can't win games in March. I think Bill Belichick won some games yet. I, like, I, I think he won some games this week. Yeah, you definitely set yourself up to win some games in March. I, I too, agree that it's been out of character for the Patriots and Bill, but I love what he's done. He's recognized what life after Brady looks like, <laughs> uh, and they got they got to spend some money. I like what they do with the tight ends. You know, it's two, having two tight ends that are versatile like they have now uh, gives your offensive a lot of flexibility in the run game, play action game, passing game. Uh, we know that Cam is limited at this time of his career. Uh, but being able to play with big people on the field, I think, can enhance his skill set. Uh, they obviously haven't drafted receivers very well, so getting them in free agency helps as well. Uh, I, I really like what they've done. And then obviously getting the pass rusher and, and things on the defensive ball 
uh, can be make them an even a more dynamic defense. Okay, they have. Uh, you talked about that double tight end set, and I agree with all the moves they made. They, I feel. Now I'm somebody who is, you know, very much prisoner of the moment, though. So like, if you win right now, I'm like, yeah, we got. Hey, we got better. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like I'm like, hey, we we did it. You know, so I very much believe that you can get better quickly. Everybody that was talking anything negative about the Patriots, they were just like, well, they still got Cam Newton at quarterback because they watched a lot of Cam Newton football last year. Cam Newton at quarterback last year, there was moments where he looked unbelievable. Then there were some throws where people think it doesn't matter if they got five tight ends that are good. He's not gonna be able. How do you view Cam Newton and, and how big is him being in that offense for a second year and now actually having some weapons? Do you think you're going to see a big jump out of Cam or do you think they maybe get another quarterback? I think the answer can be both. Oh. Uh, I do. Th- I, th- I do think they'll get a lot out of Cam now. Uh, they'll make the offense much more quarterback friendly, more Cam friendly. Uh, I think he did add an element with the quarterback-driven run game, uh, the misdirection game. They did some pretty cool things offensively. They weren't consistent at it, and that's really the key. You have to be consistent. But they showed flashes. I do think Cam is taking this offseason very serious. Uh, wants to get back to his days when he was healthy. Uh, when he's a little more fluid as a passer. And I think you can generate some freebies offensively when you're in 12 personnel. That's the two tight ends, especially in the versatile. I think they'll be able to throw the ball down, run the ball, play action. I think it's that simple. But I think the both comes in that this is a pretty deep quarterback, pretty deep quarterback draft. And yeah. uh, I can see them targeting one of these young bucks uh, and getting them ready to play really quick. So I, I, I really believe the answer for the Patriots is both. As you get Cam to come in, play better, support them better, uh, play three-phase football, which, you know, your quarterback doesn't have to go win you the Super Bowl. You can play three-phase football and, and be very successful uh, and then True. draft the guy of the future. Um, whenever you don't have a guy, you said that Bill Belichick is realizing what life is like in the post-Tom Brady era or whatever, and they had more money now, it seems like, than they've ever had because of the opt-outs and everything like that. But if you're on a team and you lose your guy, I mean, that can be quite a gut punch to everything. The Seattle Seahawks, I guess, were pretty close, like very close to trading Russell Wilson to Chicago for now Dan Patrick's reporting. And I would assume if Dan Patrick's reporting it, it is good because Dan Patrick's OG. But in this entire world, there's three first rounders, a third and two starters were allegedly going over there. (laughs) That is insane if that's what's happening. But the fact that Seattle was really thinking about it, I think that's a big story as well. Don't you think, Trent? I do, and I, I think quarterback in the NFL, it's, it's more than just playing the position. I mean, you also are the brand. You're, you're the face of the organization. You're the biggest part of the organization, like a Russell Wilson. And um, you, at times, you're bigger than the organization if you're that type of superstar. So you can't take the gut punch of losing uh, your headliner, uh, not just for what he does on the field. Again, not just what he does in the locker room, but what he does for your city, what he does for your fan base. And you have to remake yourself when you lose a franchise guy. Uh, let's not forget this, too. The offenses are co – I mean, sorry, the quarterbacks are co-offensive coordinators. So huh. a lot of what you become offensively is because of who your guy is. So if the Packers lost Aaron Rodgers, it's not like the next guy can jump in and do Aaron Rodgers things. The offense is built around him. He has, huh. a, he has a say in how it's built. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes – Tom Brady when he left the Patriots. Anybody that said that they're going to get another quarterback to come into New England and run that system was crazy. Tom Brady was the system. And to your uh, point, Trent, to your point, Tom in Tampa, that offense changed 
through the year, to your point. Dramatically yeah, over yeah. the bye week. Yeah. You know, look at them pre-bye week last year in Tampa and post-bye week. And now we know that Tom actually, he sat back and was real quiet up until the bye week, kind of let everybody do their thing. And then the bye week happened and then all, and he spoke up. Uh, and then after he spoke up, they changed. And after they won the Super Bowl, their head coach says it took one man. That one man was Tom Brady, and he, he, he exercised his authority to become the co-offense coordinator and say, this is who we're going to become. So that's what all these great quarterbacks are doing. So you lose a great quarterback, and you're really blowing up what you are offensively uh, and having to remake it. So, like, for instance, the Houston Texans, and it's obviously a firestorm around there right now because of literal he said, he said, she said allegations that – are potentially manipulative in this. I, I don't know. If it happened, just, I hope justice is served, but the timing seems weird. But anyways, Deshaun might be out of Houston, okay? It, this seems like the perfect time to move on from Deshaun, though, right, if you were, because new coach, new GM. Now, granted, you don't have a lot of picks because you have already given those away for other things in the past, but it feels like Coach Dave down or David Cauley, He's like, would like a new start with whatever they can do and whoever's in their building. Do you think they move on from Deshaun? Or do you think the Texans have all the power here to make him either hold out or be uh, a Texan? Because they just signed Tyrod Taylor down there. Yeah, I think it's gotten so toxic now there's no other option but to break. Uh, I think both sides. I think Deshaun's made it very clear he's not coming back. Uh, He's been steadfast in that. Uh, I think if you're the Texans, you should probably listen to that. I think Deshaun sees what's going on with the, you know, the changes in the organization, the lack of draft capital. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, I think it's probably best for both sides that they split. And, and, I, and I, they need to get a lot for Deshaun. I mean, they need to get back into this game and start rebuilding. So uh, Tyrod Taylor can hold down the ship. Uh, what do you get? Eleven million bucks. Yeah, uh, it's pretty. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Just without playing last year, uh, so he can. He's a great team guy. I'll say this about Tyrod: everybody that's played with him raves about the type of leader he is, type of person he is. Uh, so you're going to kind of create some momentum with your young guys and how to become pros. You know how that works. And uh, But let's not think that Houston Texans are going to be competitive without Deshaun Watson for a couple years. They're they're truly in a two- to three-year re- rebuilding mode. Do you think that they were actually not answering calls? Because now that it's alleged that the Bears were going to give what we literally just talked about at length, because that would mean the Seattle Seahawks would be rebuilding, basically. So they would have to get three picks, a third and two starters. Do you think the Bears would have made that same offer to the Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson? And at the time, the Texans were like, we're not answering calls, we're not answering calls. Maybe they missed a a massive offer for him. Is there any thought of that? Or do you think the market is still going to be a place that's going to try to come get Deshaun? I think people will still still try to come get Deshaun. And it'll probably be some similar type deal that is being reported by Dan Patrick that the Bears offered the Seahawks. I I think you can't, you can't, Let's just use Miami's example because I know his name's being floated around there. I, I'm a big Tua fan. We've had that conversation. Oh, yeah. I think give him give him two, three, four years, he's gonna be a great player. But you'd be crazy not to get to Sean if you can get him right now. I, I think if you don't have a quarterback named uh, Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, Wilson, uh, there's probably a couple others I'm missing. Then you need to be in the Deshaun Watson game. I, I think he can immediately make you a Super Bowl contending team. Uh, so I do think teams are going to go after him that way. Now, I, 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 
the Texans receiving phone calls. And this is cyber warfare time. Uh, you know that as well as anything. I mean, oh, you guys yeah. are talking about free agency mm-hmm. every day in the draft. I mean, this is cyber warfare. You have you have 35 people in an NFL building spreading misinformation every single day. <laughs> every yeah. day, Trent. Every yeah. day. So it's and you got to kind of dig through it and you know go down the rabbit hole of where this come from, who's who's reporting it, what's their credibility, what's the relational equity with that organization, blah 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 blah. Narrative: uh, Why would this information be released? Who wants this for leverage purposes? Yeah. There is so much. By the way, we're kind of going through this now at the highest level we've ever gone through it and realize it with this daily show. Oh my God, there are some things where if you were to just clip us. Uh, talking about what was being reported at the time to what inevitably happens shortly afterwards. It's like, there is so much bullshit out there, right? I mean, it is. But everybody has a reason. I don't think it's the insider's fault. I think they're getting actual information. But why are they getting that information? What information is being held back from that? It's just very interesting. Well, their producers and their executives are telling to telling them to go with the information they're getting, even when those insiders know that they're being played. Um, I mean, you guys are huge right now. I mean, everybody in the world's watching your show as they should. So you guys are a prime target for disinformation. And you have a big voice. You have credibility in the NFL. The people you have on have credibility in the NFL. So everybody's going to target your show to spread their misinformation. I mean, that's just how this game works. Oh, so he is. So, Trent, you just said, like, Hey, listen, young buck. Let me hear. You are being targeted. They are. They are targeting you right now with things that they think somebody in this room will go. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa. Hey. Okay. Talk about this going on. That's something we have to think about, Coach. I didn't even think about. Jeez. Being used. Mind blowing. Come on. It's unbelievable, Trent. Unbelievable. Todd, you've been bamboozled a couple times, I assume. What would you like? Yeah, uh, Trent, speaking of toxic situations, with the whole Russell Wilson deal, you know, whether it comes from him or his team, if he's not leaving, how do him and Pete Carroll continue to work together? Because it seems like that, you know, as the as time has gone on, that's almost reached, like, the Sean-level uh, toxicity. I think you know I have an interesting take on this. I don't know if I'm correct here. I have a lot of respect for Pete and Russell. I know them both well and I think the world of them. I I think if if Pete just lets Russell cook, I think it's that simple. He'll be happy. I think this whole thing came about because midseason they made a direct uh, U-turn on how they were playing offensive football. We were talking uh, first four, five, six weeks of season, Russell, MVP, lock. Like, look at this guy. Look at this offense. It's we open. Were, it's <laughs> it's going crazy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Pete's like, wait a second. My defense isn't playing very well. We're putting the defense in a bad position. I'm a defensive guy. We're not running the ball enough. We're having too many negative plays. Let's slow this thing down. Let's not let Russell cook so much. And I think that was really what happened here. I think as they come back in the offseason, they start having more conversations about the direction they're going offensively under new leadership. As long as Russell feels like he can have the keys of the car and he can control the game with the ball in his hand, I think he's going to be fine. I think head coach, quarterback relationships are one of the most overblown things in all football. Um, I don't know many quarterbacks that have great relationships with their head coaches. I think there's always an ego thing there. You have the two most important people Alpha. in the organization Whoa. butting heads. There should be natural friction. I almost get uncomfortable when the head coach and the quarterback are too buddy-buddy. Uh, there needs to be a little discomfort <laughs> there between the two of them. Let's go, so, Trent. I've never heard yeah. this before. This is awesome. Yeah. And this is, this is not you saying like, 
um, you know, I'm still working through this opinion. This feels like something you thoroughly believe as a man who is a quarterback in the NFL for a long time, has a lot of best friends that are quarterbacks in the NFL for a long time, know the quarterback game very well inside and out. You're saying it's weird to me whenever a head coach and a quarterback get along well. It seems like maybe one person doesn't have the alpha personality then, if that's the case, that you need to have and be successful with these positions. That's what you're kind of alluding to. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm I'm saying. I'm alluding to it. I I think now there just has to be super health and respect. Don't confuse liking each other without respecting each other. I think there has to be a deep, deep, deep respect. And I do think the quarterback ultimately has to be compliant to the head coach's um, final words on things. But you said it. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want a non-alpha as my head coach, and I don't want a non-alpha as my quarterback. And usually, you get those two alphas in try in a decision-making capacity together. They both are the two highest-paid people in the organization. Um, they're two of the most powerful people in the organization. There should be some healthy conflict there. Without conflict, there's no growth. I had one of my favorite coaches of all time teach me that at a young age. You need healthy conflict. You need people to be uncomfortable. You need that friction organization to be successful. If it's all farts and giggles, you ain't winning any games. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think you're 100% right there because I talked about that whenever Tom and Bill, where there was interviews coming out and statements coming out, and I, my entire take was like for 20 years, these dudes who are best in the game, best in the game. These two were somehow figured out a way to make it work. I, I don't know how. I don't know how you're able to do it. Just like Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, even there, yeah. people are always like, "Well, that was Aaron Rodgers." It's like I, it, that is just you got two very two people because in high school, for instance, you're coaching high school, okay? In high school, high school football, and this is just me observing football world. I didn't really get into it until high school, kind of then college and the NFL. I didn't really go to practice, but when you're watching and you see things unfold, high school, college, it's like okay, the coach is smarter than every player. Okay, so his answer is like he's been there, he's done that. This is the right answer. And that answer, by the way, is shaping people's opinions on what football is and what it isn't. By the time you get in the NFL, especially if you're a quarterback and a good one, and you're like year eight, nine, maybe even seven earlier than that, you know football pretty fucking good too. So it's like, (laughs) hey, hey, you you got some thoughts? Okay, I do as well. Like, let's go ahead and potentially share these. And I think that is something that doesn't get talked about a lot. And it comes into conversation whenever Pete Carroll says, he had a philosophical difference than what the – that was the statement that was used or whatever. And I was like, oh, that seems that seems like that is something that's going to be very interesting. I think they could potentially put their egos aside, hopefully. But it feels like he was very close to becoming a bear. And now they got Dalton. Sucks for Dalton because he just walked into a firestorm in Chicago. But he'll win him over with his play. What do you have, Connor? Yeah, Trent, just sticking with the whole conflict between head coach and quarterback, uh, do you think that's why John Gruden traded the entire offensive line of the Raiders just to, you know, get back at Derek Carr? And how is that situation going to work out? <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. I, I You know, I'm, I'm guessing it's more scheme-related that the fit of the offensive linemen aren't what John wants to become offensively. That's my only guess. I'm, I'm really uh, pulling from right field here. Uh, <laughs> it, it didn't make a ton of sense to me. I, I actually think that the Gruden-Carr relationship is is probably about right, as it should be. I think there's a health of respect. I think John's been uh, – he preys on Derek when, when he's needed it. I think Derek's respected John's rebuild of this program, but I doubt they're going out and going to dinner three times a week. I mean, there's there's gonna be those there's gonna be that conflict. I think this time of, this time of year especially, 
uh, because quarterbacks sit back and they're watching what their teams are doing. And I've said this before, it's the most dependent position in football. You're dependent on so many people to be good at what you do. Huh. And when you're watching an organization make moves that you don't necessarily agree on, you're like, oh, man, they're making my job harder. Uh, then you sit back and you're like, well, when I get back in that building, I'm going to make sure they know uh, that what you did in free agency made my job harder. Uh, instead of easier and I'm looking for my I want to be successful at what I do uh, and it's your job as an organization head coach GM to make my job uh, easier to do the way this whole thing started in Seattle team three actually put that message out instead of Russell Wilson saying like hey you guys are not making his job easier team three who we got good video of I think in his latest training video they came out the 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 the, the cardio the mm-hmm. the body guru yep, the chef the nutritionist mm-hmm. the, the team Scribe. three the yeah they also Scribe. yeah the 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 barber I assume he always has great hair and his hair always looks good but team three came out and they said they're not happy with what the Seahawks are doing it wasn't Russell it was team three and that's that is something i think that happens in a lot of places and there's only a few quarterbacks that get judged harshly for those potential thoughts even occurring not even publicly like aaron Rodgers gets accused of hating the head coach not being a part of the conversation this this and this and it's like that all kind of paints a narrative that i think happens everywhere it's just picking and choosing who we want to know about and who we don't want to know about Diggs, what do you have uh coach say that a quarterback started his career great and then he's fell off the last couple of years. And then a team traded for him to bring him back to with his offense coordinator that he's great with in Indianapolis. Can Carson Wentz be good again? Oh, I thought you were talking about Dalton. No. <laughs> I do like the Dalton to Chicago move, but on Carson Wentz, I absolutely think that I think it's the best move of the offseason so far. I, I think Carson Trent, he Wentz. was broken, was he not? Is he, is he, he's going to get back, you think? Absolutely. Okay, that's good news. Uh, so much of this position is uh, the mental game. Uh, physically, Carson has every single thing you could ever want a quarterback to have. Uh, I think mentally he just got broken down. I think, and again, I'm not saying it's anybody's fault. Uh, I think there's true re- rehabilitation that can happen in the NFL around the right type of people. I think the Colts have those type of people. I think they know exactly who Carson is. I think they know exactly how it went sideways. Uh, and I think an off season to be able to address some of those things. Now, Carson's got to own it. He can't be defensive. He can't say it was everybody else's fault. He's got to take a look at the man in the mirror and be like, okay, I have a lot of culpability in how the man how, in the mirror. Woo! The great song. Yeah. Great song. Uh, <laughs> what you got to do? I, I think he needs to recognize that. But I, I think that, you know, one thing the Colts do better than most teams in the NFL is they really truly have a family feel and a transparency between front office coaching staff and player. Players feel like they can go upstairs and have real conversations with their coaches and with their front office. I think that the Colts as an organization actually cares about the player first and not just the product on the field. And I'll let you talk more about this, but I think Frank's developed a a culture there second to none in the NFL as it comes to that. And I think that's going to be good for Carson to come in and feel that love and feel that openness and and be able to have real conversations why he tanked so bad the last couple of years and what's going to take to get back to his, his MVP type play. It's great to hear that because, you know, as a big Colts fan, obviously, because of a lot of things you just said there, uh, if he could go back and play great, that'd be fantastic. But he seemed broken. But whenever I asked, you know, Chris Ballard about it, like directly, Chris Ballard, 
I was never a player for Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard was actually sent me a text after I retired and was sent me this long text about how bummed he was that I was never going to be a member of his team because I retired, blah, 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 this whole thing. He is very transparent. He'll sit down and do a press conference. He's there for an hour and a half, no notes. He's just answering questions. I feel like there is a real trust in that building. That's that culture. Now, he's sitting on a lot of money right now, okay? But he has to pay a lot of his own guys, and he's remembering that, and that's how you build that culture. I got faith in Chris Ballard. I hope Carson Wentz does great. You know who does great? You blew us off last time, but, man, you were awesome on this show today, Trent. You were really great today. We appreciate that. I really apologize for that. No, no, no we don't want to hear it. I we love coming on the show, man. We don't want to hear it. We appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, Trent Delphi. People go through many changes as we get older. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No. No. Minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30, and the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero, or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where they can get you. (laughs) one of them damn word problems this is one of those yeah. problems where you're like well wait a minute uh which can i ask a follow-up anyways i was good at those tests because i always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher that's right okay <laughs> i don't know what's going on but this is me versus you fuck you that's how, I, that's how i view it. that's why friends at roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production i did not know this they formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients you hear this aj roman's Mm -hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function they formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients getting started is simple just go to getroman.com usa their supplement contains vitamin d3 zinc magnesium and ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good, mm-hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. <laughs> Joining us now is a man who uh, recently signed a two-year, $19 million extension Woo! with the Bills. Pro bowler, all pro. Ladies and gentlemen, a man with a large bag in tote. Mike Hyde. Yeah! How you guys doing? How you doing? Hey, fantastic. I heard you were teammates with AJ. He was excited to chat again, pal. Of course. Yeah, yeah Michael, what's man. up, man? Good to see you. Congrats on the extension. I appreciate you coming on the yeah, show. Honey. Big uh, money. Oh, man, appreciate you guys having me. Hey, he, Pat, he's an Ohio guy, so don't worry. He'll be good. He's already oh, wait. figured out. No. Yeah, I O, baby. Yeah! We're going to the We're going. Ohio. Yeah, you're damn right. Oh, wait, Micah. I do it one time. 
Fuck. More AJ. I'm oh, a, I'm a Iowa guy. That's right. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ty Schmidt in the office there. Uh, I'm sure I'll have a couple questions for you, Mike. He's a big Iowa guy. I saw you. I saw you had some comments when you maybe when you signed or whatever. You talked about hey, like maybe in the past I tried to recruit some people here. They didn't want to come here, and now people do. Like, do you feel like you guys get the respect you deserve for how how well you've played over the last what four or five years? Uh, I think it's slowly coming. Um, yeah, I said that for a reason. I, I think that you know the the build up throughout the last couple of years of me trying to recruit guys and bring guys in, um, and then kind of getting the cold shoulder and and not taking visits to Buffalo. It's, um, you know, it's kind of disrespectful. So I let it be known. And um, Hawk, I'm sure you know. If, of those guys that I try to recruit. I'm not going to say no names, but um, I think at the end of the day, guys are trying to come to Buffalo play with Josh Allen. Oh. It was Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> I'm joking. Josh Allen, though, let's talk about the quarterback position. Josh Allen, I believe, is probably a reason why it might be easier to get guys to the Buffalo Bills now with his growth from year one to year two. It was like, damn, this guy. And then year two to year three. Yeah. What has it been like on the other side in practice? Be like, oh, this guy's a different dude this year. Is that what? It, is that the feeling early or just continue to grow yeah. like that? Yeah. I mean, for sure. When, when you're practicing against a guy like that, you know, rookie year, he's kind of learning, um, learning from the guys that are, that are playing and stuff like that. But once he got in, you know, he made he was making mistakes just like any rookie would. Uh, but I think that year one to year two jump for anybody, you know, especially him, he took full advantage of it. Um, he became a full time starter and he was learning each and every day, not making the same mistake twice. And, um, you know, I think that the, the confidence is there now. So it's, it's dangerous for for opponents that are playing against Josh Allen. I'm I'm serious. He's he's confident. He's a leader on our on our team. And, you know, we all look to uh, to, to follow him. Hey, Micah, when you first got in the league, you, you get drafted to Green Bay. I guess, what was it like when you, you step in there and you're playing against Aaron right off the bat? Aaron came on, on the show every week for the whole season, and we yeah. got to learn a little bit about how he approaches practice games, whatever. Well, like, what was it like to try to defend him? Did he, did he try to mess with you at all, especially when you were young? I mean, you just know he's on a whole different level. You know, you're out there trying to make it. You know, my rookie year, I got thrown in the fire. Uh, first <laughs> preseason game, I'm starting nickel. First regular season game, I'm starting – starting nickel against the you know san francisco 49ers um hawk you remember and you know that's kaepernick days and all that and you know my head was spinning but to go against aaron Rodgers in practice um you know he's out there throwing no look passes and <laughs> and you know just just messing with messing with the guys messing with the guys on defense and i'm just like wow like this is this is the nfl uh, no it's not the nfl it's just aaron Rodgers. um you know he's <laughs> able to do stuff like that but uh it was a it was a good learning Learning experience being there for four years, going against him for four years, and and now I have a, a greater respect for what he's been able to do. Uh, you you talked about Josh Allen's confidence, and I think confidence only comes whenever you fully uh, know that you're prepared for whatever, right? And then whenever you guys yeah. had that playoff game, uh, you guys were dancing in practice. It felt like the entire team is at that point. Like the winning culture is something to. It's not easy to build. It feels like you guys have built. Have you felt that? Is that something like now the expectations are like, hey, we got to go. Especially Tom's out of there. Even Bill spent 140 million dollars in day one or whatever. Yeah. But they're, they're, the expectations now are like. This is go time. It feels like that in the locker room. You guys know that that's the culture and that's what you guys have set up. No, for for sure, for sure. You know, from from getting there in seventeen, I don't know how we I say this to this day. I don't know how we made in the playoffs in seventeen, but eighteen being having a down year, 
year, then 19, kind of getting it back, and then last year having the season that we had. You know, expectations for us in the Super Bowl. Like, it's, you know, um, you know, we're not looking to just get in the playoffs and stuff like that. Obviously, each season is different, and, you know, each roster each and every year is different. There's going to be new guys, new pieces. Even if you have the same guys, it's a new season. Um, you got to deal with injuries and stuff like that. So we know it's, it's a, you know, a hard process to get back to the top, but, you know, we're, we're willing to take it. And uh, we're going to put in the hard work each and every day and, and try to make it to the top. Ty? Micah, first and foremost, uh, go Hawks. Uh, and that's, I love, love it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I remember, I think I was reading that you won a state championship in baseball and basketball in high school as well. And I feel like you do kind of get overlooked for how athletic you are. Were you always trying to play football, or did you consider uh, playing basketball or baseball at the next level? Well, I didn't. I didn't win a. I didn't never win a state championship. I never even got close. Wait, oh, Wikipedia. No. Yeah. Wikipedia yeah. doing you dirty. Oh, hey, sorry about that, man. We but thought you should have won. won. Three sport athletes. Oh, okay. Okay. We thought you should have won. Po- got robbed. Jordan Poyer won. Nah, state nah, nah. Nah. Yeah, Poe. Poe was the truth. Poe was the truth. He he did. Uh, but no, I was. Uh, I grew up in in Ohio, where it's very good football and very good basketball. So it's hard to make it, you know, to to win a state cha- state championship. But anyways. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was just, it was fun playing three sports in high school, football, basketball, baseball. And, and, you know, I think that I played so much baseball when I was younger that I kind of, kind of died out for me, but you know, my body's telling me I should have went the baseball route nowadays. And, um, yeah, I probably, I probably would have picked, picked baseball for, for football. We had, uh, Jordan on last week. Is his nickname Poe? I, I call him Poe, J. Poe. That's a great name. Yeah. Oh. We should have called him that. We should have called him <laughs> Jay Poe. You two are a hell of a tandem, man. You two are. Is that on the field, off the field? Is that is that something that you guys like? You know, because wide receiver, quarterback normally have a great. You two, though, in the back there have to be on the same page. It feels like you guys have really done well together. Yeah, you know, I think that once we got – we actually knew each other before we got to Buffalo um, through a mutual friend. And, and he's kind of – you know, hockey – Hawk, he's like a guy that, you know, you would like to play with. You know, you kind of see things the same. He's a football guy, football savvy guy. Um, you know, preparing for games, he'll tell you what he sees. I'll tell him what I see, and we kind of just coordinate off that. But it's been fun to play with. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a hell of a player, hell of a person. Um, you know, I'm proud of, of what he's been able to do the last couple of years. He doesn't get as, enough respect to this day as, um, as what he should. But, uh, yeah, we you know we find we we got to uh, to Buffalo 2017. We found a way to to get it done, and we're continuing to just work hard and um, you know make each other, make each other better. Hell of a tandem, uh, Diggs. What do you have, Mike? Are you talking about recruiting players? Did you recruit Emmanuel Sanders to the Bills, or was that I did not? I did not. That was a big big baller bean. That was him making uh, <laughs> making some magic and getting him over. Did you hear there was an offer for Gronk out there? There was. That alleged now listen, everything's potentially bullshit in the world that we live in on a day to day basis, but allegedly there was an offer to bring Gronk back home. Watching Bean bring in Emmanuel and you know, every last year we talked to him and he said there wasn't even a thought about Cam Newton or anybody else. We're building this team around Josh and then we're gonna build this thing out. You have to love that your GM though is like very much in the game. Like you called him Big Baller Bean. There's a lot of teams that don't speak about their GM like that. Yeah, I mean, Bean's a good dude. Um, you know, he he's a man of his word um, for sure. You know, in in my sense, just because you know, uh, you know, we we wanted to get something done, and he found a way. And you know, I feel like um, you know, uh, if anybody can come to me as a GM, you, you know, GMs don't have to do anything for 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 any player. But uh, you know, we respect each other, and you know, he was fun to work with. And you know, uh, I continue to um, you know be blessed to go to go to work each, each and every day. And 
and be around somebody like that. How'd you how'd you spend the money? Anything cool? Man, I I haven't yet. I haven't yet. Uh, I'm gonna put that in the bank. Let it uh let it grow a little bit. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I you don't, gotta I don't put really it in Bitcoin. Right you gotta put it in Bitcoin. Listen, it's the money of the future, okay? And then if you get in on AMC or GameStop, the next Ooh, dunk. Yeah. I mean, something to think about. And don't don't okay. forget about that dog Dogecoin. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, True. that's going to the moon as well. I mean, I'm no advisor, but these are just you, you got you got. You got my number. Call me after this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll do some talking. We'll do some talking. Yeah, this is good. Hey, hey, Mike, I saw it. Speaking of Poyer, I saw he his Instagram post a couple days ago, a week ago, talking about his whole battle through I I don't know if he claimed it. He, I don't know if he said he was an alcoholic. He said he had an alcohol problem, and yeah, he's he been did. sober for did, a yeah. year. Did you guys know, like, this whole situation was going on and he was battling? Uh, well, I think Poe, he, he's an honest person. You know, he, he, um, he let, you know, some guys know around him that are close to him and and you know i think that you know i was able to help um in any way i told him i was able to help in any way just because you know when you see somebody going through something like that that you want to help and and someone that is um you know so close to myself and i see him you know every day throughout the season and we talk a lot so um, i just have so much respect for him i told him i I texted him after um after he put that post and i was yeah i was I read it a few times because each and every time I read it, I was like, "Man, that was that was awesome!" And it's good to see somebody, you know, especially of um, uh, his stature, just come out and say, you know, that he's an alcoholic and he's he's working to get better. And it's been a year since he's had a drink, and you know, I, I just think that that's so awesome. I have so much respect for him. Um, I mean, I already had so much respect for him and his family, but you know, even now, it's it's even more. He's a he's definitely an idol in, in our in our locker room, and everybody looks up to him. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not close enough to him to say, uh, call him Jpo. Okay, like I'm not. I'm not close. I, but I have had a pretty good recorded conversation with him that happened while I was losing ten thousand dollars on the West Virginia Mountaineers losing a game. But after that post, uh, we had followed each other on Twitter. Or whatever. I sent him a DM. I'm like, that message is incredible. Like what you just did was incredible. Yes. Not because it's like. Um, he did it obviously to let other people know that are potentially in the same state of mind or were in the same state of mind to be like, Hey, it's okay to be like, you're right. This, because when you stop drinking and you're a big time drinker and, and I, I don't think I would now granted, they made me go see a substance of abuse counselor for like two years because of my incident or whatever. But when you stop drinking, it's not easy. Like you lose all your friends. You, you, you feel like there's a lot of things that happen like that. Like mentally, like, am I even the same person I was? Did you realize while he was going through it, did he become like a, a more diligent football player did you see any positive effects from everything that happens because it is for me once i stopped partying i was forced to by the nfl but when i once i stopped doing it i like all right like now how do i spend my attention to the different things i started doing more work and things like it made me a much i'm not saying everybody has to be like that but when i read that message i'm like oh this yeah. probably helped him football wise immensely as well did you see any of that i I for sure think so. I for sure. I feel like, you know, and once you play long enough in this league, you know, if you're if you're blessed enough to be in here for, you know, in the league for six, seven, eight, you know, nine years, uh, we're both going on nine years now. But to see, you know, we got into to Buffalo in, in year five, you know, it's still that maturation process. Um, you know, he just just had a daughter and, and that type of stuff. So he's he's maturing. We're both maturing. Everybody, you know, in the league is maturing at one time. And and um to see him kind of take a step back from from you know the, the party scene and focus more on football and his family, it, it made him a, a way better football player. And awesome. and uh, I mean, not to say he wasn't good in in the first place, but I think it just made him better. It's, he's 
mentally more uh, more squared away. And at the end of the day, that, that helps me out more because if he sees something on the field to help me out, I love it and vice versa. So, um, yeah, I think that he's a, a much better football player uh, because of it. And like I said, just a ton of respect for him to come out um, on, on social media and, and announce it to the world. I think so, too. You guys are unbelievable together. I'm excited to see where you go from here. The Buffalo Bills organization is an expected winner. Expected winner. What are you doing all offseason? We training? Yeah, training a little bit, working out. I might go hit the uh, might go hit the links here soon. Oh. See if I can hit the ball straight for, for the first time this year. And, <laughs> nice. Uh, we'll see. I got got a uh, – my son's first birthday is, is tomorrow, so we're celebrating that. Happy birthday, kid. Happy birthday. Yeah. yeah. He it won't is, remember it's that. It's crazy how fast, how fast he got. It's a shame. How big he got. Um, are you – when you train, do you have – what's that, AJ? What are you <laughs> – what are you? I know what this is, is going. Is this about to, what is he about to ask me, AJ? Okay. Yeah. Shit. So, it has to do with Russell Wilson. Okay. AJ did have a good lead on what I was going to ask about. <laughs> and I watched a video of Russell Wilson training, and there were five people around him taking notes. And I wondered if I potentially left – you know, some yards on the table, because that is not how I trained, okay, throughout, and I, I think I kind of, when you're training, how is your workout, because I think people see this Russell Wilson thing, and they're like, oh, that's what professional athletes do. I don't think I know of anybody that has five people taking notes around a Peloton. I, I think that is next level, and maybe are you thinking that about is. adding that to your game, Micah? Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I, I'm not going to do that. I'm on the, uh, I'm on the Peloton. Uh, you can find me on the Peloton. I can, I can get on there, actually. Russ is too. Um, yeah. but I don't Give have us your username, man. You can race somebody. What's your username on there? Ooh, MRH1234. MRH1234. CFO Phil, he's going to get you. He's a fucking beast. Oh, just know he's but coming. Look though, but look, though, I, I got to say, I just recalibrated it. So my last couple rides oh. were not accurate. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. But now I just recalibrated it. So from here on, it's it's really me. <laughs> you stink on there, huh? You stink yeah. on Peloton. <laughs> wow. You stink on there? No. No, I'm legit. You were setting up some mm. real excuses there. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, it's not uh, recalibrated. I'm, I'm thinking about becoming an instructor when I'm done. Oh! oh. With the music? You're going to be doing the whole thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole thing? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Micah, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking time. Happy birthday to your kid. Uh, and good luck uh, uh, this you. next season. And when you buy Bitcoin, when that thing hits, yeah. you know, two, three million here in a few mm -hmm. years, yeah. you're going to be swimming in it. You uh, know what I mean? Designer frames uh, for I every can't. picture. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw some your way. Okay. Now I mean, we're talking. Yeah, now yeah. we're talking. That's good business. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Micah. Join us now as a guy that loves to have a good time, except for whenever Ohio State wins because he hates him. Ladies mm -hmm. and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Great to have you, AJ. Yeah, good to be here. Appreciate that uh, intro. Well, I just, you know, here we are, day nine or ten straight here, where I assume that. The trend will continue, but when I say two letters, for whatever reason, every other Buckeye legend, every other, every other Buckeye alumni, every other Buckeye mascot, okay, which you kind of are every day, a, a Buckeye mascot mm -hmm. out here, uh, Brutus even. Yeah. O-H. Did you see that Matt McConaughey started a YouTube channel? This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's just, for real, exactly I just what I'm talking about. You guys dude. should check it out. 
Matthew McConaughey, by the way, I assume his YouTube channel is going to do fantastic. I guess there's potential governoral, gubernatorial runs Uh in Texas for him. I mean, what a life. He just released a book. He did 7,000 interviews, and I think all of them were interesting somehow while promoting (laughs) that book. And Matthew McConaughey, I assume his YouTube is going to be fantastic. I am pumped he has become a YouTube creator. Welcome to the party. Probably definitely going to be better than us in a matter of months. But with that being said, OH! No, man, you know it. You know this. Yeah, like, that's, that's you're what not going to wear about. me down. Just do it. It's you're, fucking March Madness. One time. One time. Yeah, and the Bucks are going to be fine without your condescending fandom. Oh, okay. Oh, I bet on them every single You don't. I put my hard-earned money on the Buckeyes right. every time they step every on the court. No, you don't. You you won, and they lost, and you won, and you were happy. So you obviously are not a fan. I would I, not respond to you. I bet on Ohio State, okay? We won. Me and the Buckeyes won. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, they did lose by three in a game that it looked like they were going to lose by six all the way up until about uh, a fourth of a second was left. Mm-hmm. But, man, yeah, we came through. That's what the Buckeyes do for me except for you. Um, a lot of things popping off right now. Russell Wilson, Andy Dalton. Okay, that happened after hours. We didn't get a chance to see your reaction. You're good friends with Andy Dalton. Like, you and Andy Dalton know each other very well. Uh, I believe you talked to Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton is going to do a great job in Chicago if that offense has or any chance of being worth a fuck with Nagy. I think Andy Dalton will be able to make it a good offense. Will they win? Who knows? $10 million. Nobody knows. This could be the last year for everybody. But the story out of this whole thing is, the expectation by Bears fans, Bear Down, that Russell Wilson was going to be their quarterback was literally hours before finding out that Andy Dalton was their quarterback. Now there's reports that he was potentially going to be a Bear. Three first-rounders, a third-rounder, two starters. That whole conversation actually happened. So now, what are your thoughts on Russell Wilson in Seattle? Will he be there? How's Andy going to do? And were you surprised to hear that they met up in Fargo, North Dakota? I wasn't surprised. I know they were meeting up at Trey Lance's uh, pro day. I think Seattle also, yeah, you're going there to meet and try to talk about, you know, let's facilitate a trade. But at the same time, it's public that you are there watching another quarterback throw, too, if you're Seattle, to try to gain some leverage I agree. on Russell Wilson and what he has going on. Uh, I mean, yeah, when you say three first-rounders, I know the big hang-up was that Russell's going to make the Bears too good, right? And those aren't going to be high picks. Wasn't that one of the biggest worries for Seattle? Uh, That's hilarious if that is the case. That's like a compliment while, you know, potentially trying to get rid of somebody. So (laughs) I I do appreciate that. What what I find interesting about the three first-rounders in the future, how many did Peggy Peggy (laughs) and Nace? (laughs) How many did Peggy and Nace? Jesus. Get it together. It's only Wednesday. Can't have these on Wednesday. This only happens on Friday. How did – how – Big did Nagy and Pace pitch to make that? Like, did they go to ownership and say, hey, can we give away five first-rounders? Because they're on the last year of their deal. Where they, Hey, can we give away four? Well, how did they land on three? And if you're the ownership, how are you just like, yeah, go ahead and give away the future that you're not going to be a part of probably. Go ahead and do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that feels like that's a rather large decision that had to be made behind the scenes that is potentially projecting what the future of the Bears looks like as well in this whole thing. Well, I'm curious as to what was the first offer that the Bears made to Seattle to where Seattle probably just didn't even respond. You know, like, hey, one first rounder and one starter, and then they wait two days. Hey, we got no email back, no voicemail back. I'm not countering. And then three was the number, right? Three was probably it. I'm not countering. Okay, I'm not countering because if I counter, then I'm acknowledging that that is the first offer. I'm not countering. Okay, you can come back (laughs) and a little bit more creative. Whenever you do that, then I will counter because I'm not countering to that because that would not be officially in the transgression of this negotiation as the first offer. I've heard that happens. I've heard that happens. 
Yeah, I, I mean, now, like, how does Russell Hilarious. say that? I know you had Dilfer <laughs> yeah. on, right? Dilfer, does Dilfer think Russ can be back in Seattle? Uh, he said that he thinks it's natural for tension between quarterback and head coach. He actually says it's weird whenever he sees a quarterback and a head coach that actually get along. He had this entire take about how your quarterback and your head coach, if you're going to be good, there's a good chance that they're going to be two alphas. And two alphas that are trying to guide the same ship, basically. Both are the face of the brand, basically, the team. Every once in a while, there's going to be tension. He said there's no growth without conflict. He went into this entire thing. So I think he doesn't think that maybe they'll be back to being best friends. But he said it's it's natural for those two to have a potential, you know, budding beef or a rivalry within a building. And that's, uh, that's good for the team. I, I did not expect that take, by the way. I thought... In my eyes, I thought there would be like a private reconciliation, then a public one that would have to happen. But I guess there's a lot of people that are thinking like, if they don't get along, who cares? A lot of people hate their guy. Like, let's you just got to work together in this whole thing, you know? Yeah, that, and that can absolutely happen. Like, they could be professionals and not really even – I mean, I'm sure they both have a lot of respect for each other, but not enjoy oh. being in each other's company and still find a way to win football. Games. That's what he did. That was the caveat. He mm -hmm. said there has to be a large amount of respect for the other person they, and, oh, yeah. and as the alpha, basically. Like, like I understand that you are also – you know, because – you know, it's, well, like, it's like my favorite superhero, Hancock, you know. Yeah. Uh -huh. When Hancock gets around another Hancock, like, they have to realize mm -hmm. and acknowledge, like, hey, we, we there are two. You have to do that in, by the way, Happy St. Patrick's Day, Hancock. He loved that holiday. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. He loved that holiday. Wasn't but, that a terrible, I thought that was a terrible movie. No, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. No. It wasn't. He's my favorite superhero. It He's my favorite superhero. Is he a super? Is that a superhero? Yeah. What? what? He's not a superhero. He was a drunken buffoon. <laughs> Which, by the way, in of itself is a superpower. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then he actually had superpowers on top of it. Yep. NFL Films, Top 100 Show. I was supposed to react to the rankings of people. And it was a couple days oh. after a knee surgery I had. And I was on, I don't know, 10 to 15 painkillers because my knee, all of them. And they were like, hey, you want to do that NFL Top 100 thing? I'm like, I can't right now. I'm on the thing. They're like, this is the only day they're set up. Uh, they really want you to go in there. They had me do a three-hour set, basically. <laughs> and, uh, what, what is your, what's your favorite superhero? And I couldn't get it out of my... Hancock, the drunk one. Thanks. Next question. <laughs> and they released that clip. And it's like with the NFL films background and lighting. And then it's me saying, Hancock, the drunk one. Next question. <laughs> it is. I wonder if the people at the NFL films were like, this motherfucker. Hancock. <laughs> Do we put this out or not? But anyways, I love that movie. And it's, you know, whenever there's two of them in the area, they got to recognize that. Russell and Pete are just going to have to recognize that, I would assume. Well, think about any any person that, uh, anyone that calls himself an alpha usually is not much of an alpha, I think. <laughs> but Motor City Dan Campbell. Yeah. Oh, he, if, if Motor City Dan, did he say? He, yeah, he has mentioned. He didn't like. He doesn't go present it though. Okay, I'm an alpha. He doesn't do that. Nah, yeah. he, he says true alphas. No. Yes, exactly. Meaning like, hey, it's not just me. There's other alphas in the room with me, and any true alpha knows. Like, oh man, you just realize you disrespected Dan. You just you. I'm watching you realize right now uh -huh. that you disrespected uh, MC. No. DC. What I'm trying to tell you is a true alpha person. I've watched it happen. When another alpha challenges them or pushes back against them, they may go back at them. They may fight with them. But deep down, they absolutely respect it. It helps the relationship grow. Yeah, I think so. Conflict.
brings Comfort growth. Is good. Yeah, did you know? Mike see, said that all the time. Did you Comfort not see Russ's good. training video last night? Great. AJ? That leads us to that. I like that Mike McCarthy said conflict is good mm-hmm. because Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy was one of those situations where, you know, there's probably a butt if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, probably. And everybody's like, Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy got along. I wasn't there whenever that was happening, but I would assume that relationship, there were some disagreements. And I'm not 100%. I mean, Trent Dilfer says head coach Tony Dungy has last say. I would assume that's accurate, but. Tom, Peyton Manning might have had a bigger vote than a lot of other people have, but I do believe that is something that's good. We'll get to that Russell. Do we have the Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson is preparing. Okay, AJ? Oh, and I, fighter pilot, looks like. Yeah. Let's go full screen on that thing. Please. Russell Wilson's putting out these videos yeah. of him training. Oh. Through this entire, is this his house? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is the oh, Team okay. Three training facility place. Awesome. Yeah, I wish had, I had that. Bro, he has that full football field in the back. He was throwing deep balls to Antonio Brown last <laughs> offseason. Uh-huh. He was training. In, uh, he was getting Antonio Brown ready to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl in his backyard, wherever the hell his backyard is. But he's putting out videos ever since you know his agent Mark Rogers came out and said we're not demanding a trade, but if we were to, these are the four cities. Ever since Team Three put out a statement about how Seattle has not been taking care of their guy, the guy that they work with every day, he's been putting out these fire ass fucking workout videos saying this is fuel, this feeds me. It's like, well, actually, you're kind of creating this as well. So ah. I'm not sure that this is 100, you know, something you can utilize as uh, motivation because I think you're the only one. Actually, everybody's complimenting you right now. Like, yeah, we want him on our team. So I don't know how you use his motivation but watching these workouts russell wilson the fact that he was hasn't won an mvp yet is baffling i have never seen somebody with such dialed in people working with because of this video you can't believe he hasn't won the mvp oh my god he's on a peloton Peloton right now with a gas mask on he's got a gas mask on that's probably testing for his resting metabolic rate and his vo2s he's got four different uh, strength coaches around. We probably can't have a sound on that, right? Probably mm, not. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, yeah, probably can't do that. Okay. Future? Jesus. Ever. We can't do it. Is it future? This it guy. Is, it is not You're a terrible future. guy. Who You're a bad guy. But is I wanna, Russ isn't a fan? You don't uh, think Russ is a fan of Future's music? I assume he listens every once in a while. And his kid is obviously Future or whatever. But Russell Wilson is letting everybody know. All these conversations that are happening about me, there's a reason. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's because, do you see this guy right to my left? He's my cardio guy. Mm-hmm. Okay? You see, you see yeah. the guy right behind him? He's my <laughs> leg guy. Yeah. That's my <laughs> legs guy. Wait, what's he writing? Can you pause it? The guy's writing down something like note card. Oh, he's the leg There's, guy. Uh-huh. It's currently the cardio guy's uh, time. Okay, this is VO2 cardio time. Leg guy's in the back like, uh, we got to dial up the pressure on the uh, the resistance on the Peloton here yes. for tomorrow. We got to do that. And then obviously there's an arms guy that mm-hmm. is right on the other side. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, we got to kind of relax on this Peloton, maybe more standing riding because when he's down, he's pushing too much. Oh. We got a full arm workout coming down later. And then you know, you know the mask guy that's strictly there for the gimmicks and props yep. that person's not happy about how much sweat's popping off he's figuring that out on the left side he's like we need a goddamn windshield wiper on this mask russell wilson trains too hard for our device i mean if those that entire team there is fully devoted to russell wilson being an athlete this song bitch can start for the yankees tomorrow if he wanted to right. yeah <laughs> that's unbelievable aj i've never seen anything like this he might be the most conditioned athlete in the history 
five people taking notes around one peloton. This might be the best <laughs> athlete of all time. Russell Wilson MVP, doesn't matter. Yeah. Hey, now, that, now that you're doing stair climbers again, you want five or six of us to come over and take notes and yell at you? Yeah, yeah everybody's going to look at you guys and know you're stooges. You see those guys? Those guys look like they got degrees. They look, like, they look like real human beings, yeah, yeah, potentially. Hey, Pat, for real. Hey, that's an idea for you guys. You should get on the stair climber, put on the uh, Laramie Tunsil gas mask, <laughs> and start climbing and have all the boys around you taking notes. Hey, listen, we uh, we have something in the works. Uh -huh. <laughs> all right, we have we have a potential idea cooking currently. Uh, lo and behold, it would not be the Stairmaster because at this moment, I don't believe I could do the Stairmaster long enough for us to make a good video, okay? So, so it's gonna have to be somebody else, but we have, an, we have a response video as well, but I wanna let everybody know that I think I, sh I disrespected my career in the NFL. No. I was nowhere near that serious. I've, imagine if I did. You didn't, you didn't work out or you just didn't film it? I didn't have five people telling me what I'm potentially doing wrong with what every single. What is that doing? They're that taking make you notes. Work They're taking notes. Yeah, helping them. Notes, notes, notes. Video notes. They got notes out there, AJ. I get it. Okay, I see what we're doing here. Continue. What are we doing? What? What are you talking? You, so what? What are your? Oh, big, what's he's your big getting uncomfortable by the way. As a player, what's your regret? You didn't hire enough staff on board to sit there and take care of you. I don't think I took care of the finer things as much as I obviously could have after watching that video and knowing that there is probably an each bo body part specialist watching what's going on over there. I, I did not. All I had was one body part that mattered. I didn't even have yeah. a specialist for that. So yeah. I think I potentially missed the boat on some things. You're gonna get in arguments too. Like, no, that body part can't do that. Yeah. Well, I do believe there's. Probably, you know, Alpha's in the... Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's, there's probably some tension in that room, I'd assume, mm -hmm. on who does what. And that's why they directed their aggravation with everything at the Seattle Seahawks just a few weeks ago with how everything's going down, I think. Hey, don't you think, though, yeah, not a great way to be introed as, you know, the next quarterback coming into Chicago if you are the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton. But the one thing he does have going for him, I feel like, People are so distraught, whatever. Expectations are low, and Andy can sling it, man. Like, when he can play, if you could protect him, like, he oh, yeah. can play. So I think hey. that's good for him going play. forward. Hey, dude can play. Yeah, that's right. He won some games down there in Dallas, and that team looked like they were never going to win any games. Burning he down. got killed. He had COVID, and he got killed in one game, and he still came back and played all right. Now, people will ask about yeah. nobody helping him out, but I think that's potentially because Dalton isn't, like, a super vocal oh. guy, so Ooh. it probably takes a little bit of time oh, for him yeah. to – Whoa. Went over all his Come friends. Even so, you see that guy laying on what the field. You're not Come helping on, him up. What is this? Why take is this? Zito, you did this. If no, you're take, take, take it down. Good Lord. <laughs> I made a great T-shirt. That's what I did. Oh, you did the red rifle supporting. Buy now. Uh, buy now. Buy now. Store. <laughs> com. But there are not a lot of Bears fans buying Andy Dalton shirts right now. I don't think. I'm Ooh, happy you I are know. though, Zito. Mm -hmm. You're right, AJ. I think he can play some good game. Like I think he plays. He's not. I think it's a it's a benefit for him that he's not being brought in as oh the savior going to turn this thing around going to save all the coaches jobs and make everybody look smart. Yeah, I think expect it's all about managing expectations. I think Andy can surprise some people. He was brought in though immediately following a potential Russell Wilson signing. So Do you the think the Bears did the Bears leak a lot of that out how much they gave up because that's not a great look for them. I guess they want to say hey, we're trying, we're doing our best. Oh, here we go. We got Andy. Yeah, that's the Bears. Everybody's burying us for signing Andy Dalton. Mm -hmm. Let's let them know we took quite a swing at Russell Wilson, please. Cuz there was some reports they were in on Deshaun, then Houston wasn't answering phone calls, then they're in on Russell. It's like, you know, we want to let people know we actually were, but also uh Dan Patrick reported it. 
We trust Dan Patrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was about to say that report could be completely bullshit too, but no. Trust Dan Patrick. Well, they must have known a little bit too, because remember, uh, some books in Vegas did move the odds when. Oh yeah. You know they moved, They went. They got better when so, people were talking about Russ potentially going there. Isn't it awesome to know that the sports books have insiders in Fargo, North Dakota, Everywhere. that that saw Schneider and Pace talking, and they're like. They just want to give you a heads up down there. Uh, these guys are talking in North Dakota right now. Mm-hmm. What could they be talking about? Maybe I'll get closer to the conversation. Let me hear what I can hear. Yep, they're trying to talk and trade. Heard Wilson. Get that off the books quicker. That's how much money that the sports books are trying to make. Every piece of information they get, they're like, yep, yep, let's okay. change that. We are going to win here. Hey, don't, Pat, don't you think that like guys like Schefter and Rappaport, is it a conflict of interest? Like, Don't you think people that set the lines of those books in Vegas – wouldn't it be beneficial for them to somehow pay like a retainer to keep those guys, hey, keep us in the loop so we can jump ahead of these? I guys. believe the insiders are a weapon for, you know. Can they get paid for that? Like, are they allowed to, like, to get paid to give them, like, hey, this is what I know? If I was an insider, I, I would, that would turn into my business, I think. Yeah, perhaps she yeah. should go to Caesar's Palace tomorrow and try and get something. Or FanDuel, yeah. Of course. He didn't even have to go. What do you mean? He's He's making fucking guy. We're talking about the Vegas sports books here. It's the yeah, only one I could we, think we're of. Thinking sport, we're just talking sports books. <laughs> FanDuel, of course, was my first option. Oh, man. Let's go to a break. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you, doing? What are you, you know, doing? Just doing it. Are you going to sign a deal with another, like, basically gambling it. company? Me? <laughs> Me? <laughs> no, but people did that in the last couple of days, and boy, it was quite a stir, I guess. Not us. We're a FanDuel squad. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're starting to garner insider information as well. Oh, That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Broke the Travis Kelsey news today, AJ. Don't know if you saw that. That he was restructuring? Yeah. I mean, that news was reported. It was out there. No, no, but it wasn't true. Is it? Is it news? I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, dude. Breaking. I mean, Travis Kelsey's obviously maybe the best tight end in the league, and he's he's unbelievable. He's but a hero. He's not taking money away from him though. He just nah, he's a hero. Yeah, he is. I agree for many reasons, but I'm just saying it's not like hey, he they came to him and asked for it to, for him to take a pay cut. That's not what happened. Oh, they said let's restructure this uh, previous money deal oh, we already had. Travis said Which, anything for the any, team. Anything for the team is a hero. Uh, when it was I reported, saw, when, I, I believe me. When it was reported a few days ago, it wasn't real. No. Then it turned out it, it was real. So maybe they knew before the source did. We interrupt this conversation because you know I just I just wanted to remind some of you guys. I know a lot of people listening to this show. They might be worried about the rising cost of living out there. Maybe the rising student debt. You know, you're looking at that. You're in college right now. You you don't know what's going to happen. Maybe you're buying a house and you just want to get your ducks in a row and not leave your partner or your spouse with a potential huge financial burden. On that note, it makes sense why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay a bit each month to protect the ones you love? If you're asking yourself this question, choose Ladder. Ladder makes it impressively fast and easy to get covered. You just need a few minutes and a phone or a laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. There's no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. And since life insurance costs more as you age, now's the time to cross it off your list. So check out Ladder today to see if you're instantly approved. Go to ladderlife.com slash McAfee. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash McAfee. Ladderlife.com slash McAfee. Back to the show. 
can't thank you enough for joining us on this incredibly unifying holiday for everybody to remember that you should have a good time every once in a while. It is okay to enjoy this life. Ty, your, your thoughts on today's show, Ty? Uh, today's show was great. You know what? It does feel kind of weird not being able to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I didn't really think about it over the weekend, so I hope everybody listening had a good St. Patrick's Day and uh, takes advantage of it tonight you know if they little, can. You know what I'm a little bit. You know what I'm a little bit bummed about. Hmm. West Virginia is playing in town for this tournament. I got them winning the national championship. Sure. I didn't even think about the thought or possibility of going to the actual game because of COVID. Like for instance, St. Patrick's Day. I didn't even think about the actual possibility of having an incredible St. Patrick's Day celebration, which is a day that I look forward to every single year because COVID has got me so fucked up at this point. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's just that. Yeah, just, you just assume you can't do it. But now I'm like learning, like, oh, I could probably get down to a West Virginia game live here. I should do that if that's capable. That would be awesome. And that's like, that's the same thing happened with St. Patrick's Day. It's like, I didn't even remember that I could do that because of what has happened last year. We got to change that. We cannot become used to this type of thing, Ty. Yeah, we can't. I'm sick of it. Next St. Patrick's Day, we do big. That's right. For the the last two years that we haven't got to really take advantage of it. We do it big next year. Sounds good. Count me in. I would assume it's going to be a live show. Okay. We'll do a big live show somewhere. Bring everybody in. Let's have a festival. (laughs) Book it. That's what we'll do a year from now because we cannot get used to things not happening. As this world opens back up, we got to remember that life is to be lived. You're alive. But are you living? Well said. Thank you. Put it on your shirt. That's the show. If you like the show by the end of the, right now, uh, be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful end of their St. Patrick's Day. We'll see you tomorrow. Massive news is going to be out tomorrow because the league year will begin. Who's going to do what? We'll cover it all and have great conversations, hopefully, for you to enjoy. Cheers. We'll see you then.